Come on, Red Rocks, let's lift up a shout of praise for Jesus Christ, the name above all names. You guys feel good? Hey, my name is Doug. I'm one of the pastors around here. And on behalf of all of us, happy Easter. Welcome home. We are so glad that you're here. You may take a seat. We are here today to celebrate the name of Jesus, the most unforgettable name in all of history. It is in the name of Jesus that desperate people pray and grateful people worship and angry people cuss. 2000 years ago, they tried to kill him and today millions if not billions try to forget him, but Jesus is simply the man who will not go away. And his movement, his life, his influence walked with him out of the tomb he borrowed and have since done nothing but multiply to become an untamable and unstoppable force and wildfire 2,000 years later. And all of it began with one event, just one event that has in every way imaginable changed history. That because of Easter, the story did not end on Friday. And because of Easter, Jesus is back from the dead, which means no mistake is too great and you're never too far gone. And because of Easter, God now has a plan and a purpose for your life. And because of Easter, Jesus was telling the truth about who he said he was and who he says you are because of Easter. That not only on Friday was he crucified on a cross to pay the price for all sin and all mistakes, past, present, and future, so you and I could go to heaven forever one day. But more than that, Two days later, he walked out of his tomb and rose from the grave so that his resurrected life could become ours as well. All because of Easter, Jesus is alive, church. Do you believe that? All right, well, let's read it. Matthew 28, six amazing verses. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, very popular name, Mary, they went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him. Well, yeah, they were so afraid of him. They shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know you're here looking for Jesus who was crucified. Well, and here it is right here. He is not here. He has risen. He has risen. And I love these four words, just as he said. We're gonna call this message because of Easter, because of Easter. So you might be in here, you might not be where you wanna be in life yet, but because of Easter, you're not where you should be. Because of Easter, anything is now possible for your future and past mistakes now turn into powerful testimonies. And because of future, the darkness is overcome by the light. And because of, because of Easter, um, let's see, regrets turn into wisdom. And because of Easter, mourning turns into dancing. And because of Easter, apparent endings now become new beginnings. All because Jesus is alive. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your victory. You, in every way, shape, and form imaginable, won. 
you just won and you've forgiven us from our sins. And today we are here to celebrate that reality and glorify your name and make you famous. Holy Spirit, I hope you know how welcomed and invited you are in this place in every single heart listening to this right now. We love you so much and we pray all of these things in the beautiful, wonderful and powerful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. amen. Are you excited? You guys ready? All right, is anybody in here a self-proclaimed adrenaline junkie? High and proud, let me see you, brothers and sisters. I'm one of you also, I know I look it. Okay, but in sixth grade, in sixth grade, let me tell you, I was an adrenaline junkie and I was obsessed, and I do mean obsessed with roller coasters. So my brother Ryan and I, we lived a few exits down from Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia, California. And to this day, I could still tell you a lot of the statistics from almost every single roller coaster at that amusement park. I had roller coaster posters on the wall in my bedroom. Models that I made myself, right? I, 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 uh, I wanted to be a roller coaster designer. If this was possible, I would have said, when I grow up, I just want to be a roller coaster. If that's a thing, that's what I had. I would have picked that, all right? Completely obsessed with roller coasters. And I'll never forget the day when I finally hit 48 inches in height. Now, how many know what happens when you hit four feet tall? You're tall enough to ride, baby. And I did it, and for me, that was a big deal. I was the last of all of my friends in my class to hit four feet, okay? The last of all of us, and I always have been a bit of a late bloomer, even into high school. I think the only kid I beat to puberty was Ethan, okay? And truly, though, seriously, just Ethan, which meant I was the token um, friend-zoned, um, cute little brother of all the girls I had crushes on who never took me seriously for the first three years of high school. I'm still healing, life's a journey, don't judge me. But when I hit 48 inches, man, I knew my world, my life is different now in sixth grade. All right, so let me introduce you to sixth grade Doug. Here he is right here, four feet and an eighth inch tall, okay? Still like hopped up on caffeine, some things never change. This is Six Flags Magic Mountain, and this roller coaster, didn't even have to look this up on Google. I remembered it, okay? Let me give you some fun facts about this roller coaster called the Goliath. Somebody say, ooh. Ooh, okay, the Goliath roller coaster opened up in February of Y2K. That was the year 2000. Remember when we all thought the world was gonna end? Yeah, well, we'd never do that again, right? Um, featuring, it broke records for the tallest ride at the time, featuring a 255 foot drop, an 81 degree decline, almost straight down. You top out at 85 miles an hour and plunge into a tunnel that goes underground, featuring a double helix turn where you experience 4.5 Gs for six straight seconds. And on this particular Saturday, we got, actually, I think it was a Tuesday. I think my dad let me take school off, right? And this was a Tuesday. We showed up before all the crowds and I think I rode this roller coaster eight times before 9 a.m. And I cannot stress to you enough, church, how much I could not do that today, okay? As a 32-year-old man, I now hurt myself sleeping. True story, my neck is killing me because two nights ago, I hurt, like, what did I do? Oh, I slept, that's what I did. Just to clarify, did not go bungee jumping, did not ride a bowl, 
wasn't even playing golf or bocce ball. I turned my head wrong on my memory foam pillow and now I'm injured. So that's where I am in life, that's cool. I remember I was with Ryan, we were on the highway driving past Six Flags about a year ago and I remembered seeing the roller coaster from the car, the roller coaster called the Twister. This rickety, wobbly, wooden roller coaster built like five decades ago. I swear, even from the car, you could see like the, the loose screws popping out of the splintered beams. And I remembered telling Ryan, I was like, bro, you couldn't pay me $1,000 to get on that thing today. You couldn't pay me to do that, to wait in line for 90 minutes. Also, I could have a, a high 17-year-old kid strap me into this thing that might kill me. <laughs> And what's your reward? Oh, here's a three-year headache. Yeah, no, you couldn't pay me to do that. But my goodness, in sixth grade, when I hit 48 inches, I knew nothing about my life will ever be the same again. The same feeling I got, except in a negative way, when they took the office off of Netflix, I knew nothing about my life will ever be the same again from this moment on. To quote Emily Franklin, our worship leader, she said, when I first experienced the cheesy gordita crunch with the Dr. Pepper at Taco Bell, I just knew nothing about my life from this moment on will ever be the same again. Church, watch this spiritual transition right here. Because of Easter, because of Easter, nothing, and I mean nothing, will ever be the same again. Because we now live in a day and age where Jesus is back from the dead. We now live in an era where your life can change in a moment simply by just receiving the free gift of salvation by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, where your sins and mistakes, past, present, and future can all be paid for and forgiven, where you can sleep soundly at night, not like on your memory foam pillow, not even worrying about eternity. In fact, eternity is now something you begin to look forward to all because of Easter and the victory that was won on that day roughly 2,000 years ago. Like now because of Easter, even in the present moment, we get to walk in the abundance of what life has to offer. All because, once again, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was murdered on a cross and buried in a tomb, but did not stay there. And because of Easter, everything has changed. So what I want to do today is I want to give you four things that will never be the same again because of Easter. Four things because of Easter that will be forever different. Does that sound good? Are you excited? Which point are you most excited for? Three, oh, four, wait till you hear three. Three is so good. They're all, they're all like your, it's hard to pick one. It's like your children. They're all so special. But where are my note takers? Can I see you? My note takers, okay, there we go. God doesn't have favorites, but I do, and it's you. I love you guys. The rest of you are special too, but you know what I mean. Okay. Let's do this. Four things that will be forever different because of Easter. Number one, because of Easter, you're never too far gone. Not sure who this is for. Quite possibly every single one of us. Because of Easter, you're never too far gone. If you've ever felt too flawed for Jesus, if you've ever felt like an outcast, if you've ever walked into a church and felt like you don't belong, Welcome to Red Rocks, and I want to introduce you to Mary Magdalene, who we just read about in Matthew 28, who found the tomb empty that morning. Mary Magdalene, who, by the way, spent the majority of her life a demon-possessed prostitute, shunned by society, marginalized by her family. In her yearbook, Mary would have been voted the least likely 
to succeed, okay? She was a second-class citizen because she was a woman, but then on top of that, she was a prostitute and she, she had a past. I'm telling you, very little is known about the mysterious story of Mary Magdalene, but we do know the night she first rendezvoused with Jesus, he cast seven demons out of her. Now, I'm not sure what you do to get seven demons in the first place, but it's pretty apparent that Mary has seen some stuff and lived some life. And if anybody in that day and age was too far gone for the love and grace of Jesus, I am telling you, it would have been Mary Magdalene, but because of Easter, but Jesus, but God, a two-word phrase I just learned is mentioned 165 times in the Bible. Somebody say, but God. But God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive when we were as good as dead. I heard Deborah Newport say this week, dead people don't need a self-help book. Dead people need life. Thank God for Easter, because his resurrection is now ours too. So a great exchange takes place when you receive salvation by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. The Bible says, he who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin. And in exchange, what you and I get is the righteousness of God. This is called salvation. It's the greatest news in the world. It's completely free. And in case you're wondering, well, what's the catch? There's not one. So I don't know your story. I don't even know why you're here today. Maybe you're just here to make your wife happy. Maybe you're just here because your grandma said the only way she's paying for brunch today is if you get your butt to a church service this Easter, okay? Maybe you're here and you feel too flawed and you feel imperfect and maybe you feel too far gone. I don't know your story, but with all due respect, I actually don't have to because I know the gospel. I know my story. I know Mary Magdalene's story. And I'm telling you, because of Easter, no mistake is ever too great and you are never too far gone. And so maybe if just for a second, you can go back to that moment, that moment that we all have, maybe when you went farther than you ever thought you would and felt darker and dirtier than you ever thought you could, just shame, unworthiness. In that moment, because of Easter, I'm telling you, Jesus takes that moment, that mistake, that season, and leaves it to rot and rust in the tomb that he walked out of. And in exchange, you know what you get? Here's an undefeated record. Perfect freedom, perfect and holy forever righteousness that now when God looks at you, despite the fact that you're a work in progress still, he now sees Jesus. This is signed and sealed and delivered in his blood. It is not a contract. It is a covenant and you cannot earn it or deserve it. You simply just receive it for free. It's called salvation. It's the greatest news in the world that because of Easter, Mary's past mistakes now become her souvenirs of grace. And because of Easter, her bad story is now a powerful testimony. You see, church, all this is, all we are, is just a a family of imperfect and flawed people 
people who, just like Mary, have encountered this life-changing love, mercy, and grace of a God who did not stay dead. And if God can raise Jesus from the dead, then the word impossible has been officially removed from his vocabulary and by default, yours as well. That if God can raise Jesus from the dead, then God can forgive you of your sins. And if he can raise Jesus from the dead, then he can free you from that addiction. He can can restore that broken marriage. He can restore those wounded relationships. He can resurrect lost and forgotten dreams. Because of Easter, no mistake is too great. Because of Easter, you cannot outsend the grace of God. Because of Easter, you are not the one who has shocked him with your ability to mess up. Because of Easter, you cannot outsend his grace. You're not better at messing up and falling short than he is at walking out of his tomb and forgiving you. Because of Easter, you are never too far gone. Amen? Come on. So in case you're wondering, well, what's the catch? If you're waiting for that, you're going to leave here disappointed. At Red Rocks, we take the grace of Jesus seriously. We will never graduate past this. Because of Easter, you're never too far gone. All right, number two, here we go. Because of Easter, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You were made on purpose for a purpose. Let's go back to Matthew 28, read the next verse. Watch how this angel continues its conversation with Mary. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go. So the angel right here is giving her purpose, pretty remarkable purpose. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him. So I'm telling you that before the creation of the world, before the foundations of the earth, Jesus was looking forward to that interaction right there. That he planned with great forethought for Mary Magdalene to be the original storyteller of the gospel. And I have to believe he knew this the night that he met her and cast those seven demons out of her. The night that for Mary might as well have been the lowest point, the worst night of her entire life where she's sitting there feeling, well, surely I've been categorized as an untouchable and surely I've, I've gone too far, I've seen too much. Surely, even if they're like maybe once upon a time, God had a plan and purpose on my life if there even is a God, but surely that was then and this is now. And Jesus is looking at her in the eyes as, as if to say, daughter, you are about to find out firsthand how wrong you are in the best possible way because Mary went from being an overlooked, unqualified, second-class citizen to the spokeswoman of the greatest event in all of history. Church, God tends to use the most unlikely people to build his church. He does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Welcome to Red Rocks where we are living proof. That's true. So hear me say this to you. Because of Easter, God has a plan and purpose for your life. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You were knit together in your mother's womb fearfully and wonderfully made by a great God who has no shortage of his reasons. And one of our biggest passions at this church is helping you figure that out. 
and finding out exactly how true that is for you. That's why we created this thing called Grow. This is the URL for it. You'll see posters of this URL out in the lobby. Our leaders will tell you all about it. Grow is a two-part experience. The first part online, the second part in person that essentially just helps you discover your purpose. Discover your purpose so you can learn everything about this church and find your place within it, but not just so you can practice your purpose in our church, but more importantly, outside of these four walls, you can go live on purpose like you got a calling and a plan for your life placed on you by a divine designer. There's a difference between living saved and living called. And I'm telling you, what our world needs right now is Christians who live called because those are human beings who have fully come alive because I'm telling you, your purpose is not just the reason you were born, it is your key to living fully awake and fully alive. The two most profound days of your life, the day you were born and the day you find out why. I'm telling you today, because of Easter, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, amen? Number three, because of Easter, Jesus was telling the truth. So Jesus talked a pretty big game and I wanna show you some of the things he said about you, all right? And so this might be a good thing to take a picture of. If you don't, this will be on our social media by this afternoon. But here's just some of the things Jesus says about you. First John 13, one, you are a child of God. John 3, 16, God loves you. Romans 10, 13, God accepts you the way you, like First John 1, 9, you are forgiven. Jeremiah 29, 11, he has a purpose and a plan for your future. First John 4, 4, you are an overcomer. Romans 8, 37, you're more than a conqueror. Hebrews 13, 5, God is with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. Romans 8, 28, he's working in your life even when you can't see it. In Matthew 19, 26, nothing is impossible for your God, and I hope that you believe that. But let's say, let's say you're a skeptic at heart, and if that's you, I, I just like you because I is you automatically. So I wanna talk to you just for a second where you see all of this and you go, okay, that sounds great in an idealistic world, absolutely, but why, how can I count on that? Why do I know that's true? My answer simply is because of Easter. So I know I'm talking to a specific group right now, but Christianity is not real because your parents said it was real. And Jesus is not the son of God just because the Bible says he's the son of God. Now I agree with your parents and I agree with the Bible. I'm just giving you a new order, the correct order, because I believe it'll build your faith and help you believe these things about yourself all the more. That much like our constitution did not found our nation, <laughs> and your company handbook didn't start your company, those things came second, they came after the fact in order to explain something that has already occurred, an event that already took place, Christianity is real and Jesus is the son of God because 2000 years ago he was brutally tortured and crucified on a cross for 20 hours and so painfully, obviously dead and then buried in a tomb and placed in the ground but then a couple days later walked out of that tomb and 500 eyewitnesses who watched him die hung out with them and then went on to start the church and were so confident that what they saw was real they even gave their very lives for it if you want to bring that into modern day and ask the question is Easter real did the resurrection really happen in a good old-fashioned US of A courtroom I'm telling you the evidence easy easy says absolutely it did because when you predict your death and resurrection and then you pull it off suddenly everything you say is a lot more valid because of Easter Jesus 
was telling the truth. Man, so I can't imagine. Let's go back. Let's kind of feel this scene with Mary right now. How hard and dark that Friday and Saturday must have been, right? Because her whole life, man, all that was spoken over her is you're, you're untouchable. You're unloved. Not even by God. And then Jesus, this man who showed up and healed her and freed her and claimed to be God, flipped that narrative upside down and gave her a new truth and a new script. And she starts to believe it about herself. But now Jesus is dead. And he's not supposed to be. Gods don't die. So she's thinking, well, everything was, was a lie. He wasn't who he said he was. And, and I'm not who he said I was. Are any of those things true? That's why you can also imagine, man, how thrilling and amazing that Sunday morning must have been. Like, can you feel that scene? Feel the coolness of that desert morning after two days from hell. Then came the morning that sealed the promise when his buried body began to breathe and out of the darkness, this roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. And she shows up at the tomb with her friends and discovers it's empty. And then it clicks in her mind, Jesus told us this would happen. Three times he explained that he would die, but that he would resurrect and come back in these things. And she's realizing, oh my gosh, Jesus was telling the truth. He's the one and only son of the one and only God, the one and only way to heaven which means he is who he said he was, and I am who he says I am. I am a child of God. He does love me. He does accept me. I am forgiven. I do have a purpose. I am an overcomer and more than a conqueror. He's with me. He'll never leave me. He's working in my life even when I can't see it. And obviously, I'm looking at this empty tomb. Nothing is impossible for this God. And this is true for me. This is true about you. This was true about Mary. And this is true about my good friend, M.C. Ellert. About to show you a testimony video that is so powerful. MC is one of our most passionate leaders on the team here. Just a remarkable young woman who, for years of her life, struggled with an eating disorder and has found victory through the gospel. And so, I want to give this quick disclaimer because this video is real. We don't shy away from real here and authenticity because. Even if the stage is dark, that means the, the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter when it invades the dark space. But just a disclaimer, if this is a specific topic that maybe triggers you, then you got to watch out for you. So this might be the good, like a good time to zone out or just get on Instagram or check your emails for like three to four minutes. But if I am talking to you right now, I want you to know, man, you are not as alone as you think you are in this church, not even close and you have a family here, and I believe with all my heart, just like MC, a day will come where you will tell, and I pray it's sooner than later, where you'll tell stories about how that used to be part of my life until I rendezvoused with the grace of Jesus, that because of Easter, my life is now forever different. But why tell you when I can show you? So watch this video. I'm a failure. I am not worthy of good relationships. I am ugly. I am a burden. I am hopeless. I am alone. I am stupid. I am not worth it. I am not skinny enough. 
when I reflect back to childhood, I, uh, I'm always thinking about like Wednesday special breakfast with my dad. Like every Wednesday, the same waiter would show up and make these huge Belgian waffles and this Dr. Pepper. We would sit there and I would leave so full with like syrup all over my face and clothes and he was like, you are so beautiful and my little princess. And like, I truly believe that about myself. A huge shift happened and um, led me to like an eight year, eight year battle with anorexia and um, exercise addiction. At my lowest, I was 77 pounds. Like my whole body had turned like gray and my face was sunken in. Like you could see like my cheekbones and like my ribs and even my tightest clothes, like leggings, those were falling off of me. I mean, there would be days that like I just, um, like felt so much like shame and that like I didn't even want to get dressed like to go to class. I had gotten just way too far and I didn't know how to stop my behaviors anymore. So Auburn made the decision for me and I had to medically withdraw and go and seek treatment. There was a moment that I felt so, so low in treatment that like I, I truly didn't know if I was gonna make it out. Um, because it was so hard. There was a moment that I remember journaling or trying to go to sleep and just like praying to God being like, I know that like you are a healer. I know that like you are seeing me through this. And if I can get through this, like I am going to like wholeheartedly follow you. Once I made it through and got out of treatment, I, I truly felt so free. Like I truly knew who God saw me as and that just fueled my desire to um, get to know him better and you know, seek him first through, through everything. Honestly, there's still some really hard days. That enemy still comes in and wants to steal away my joy, but looking back, like I, I did accomplish like all of my extrinsic reasons to recover of, you know, becoming a registered dietitian and I qualified and competed in the Boston Marathon. And most importantly, like I recovered myself and a lot of my relationships. I started writing these I am statements. It's a list of probably like 20 different phrases that I'm choosing to believe about myself. I am a woman pursuing God's heart. I am a child of God. My mind is open, my heart is resilient, as I am earnestly becoming while simultaneously embracing me. I am equipped with uniqueness. I am worthy. I am patient. I am known and fully loved despite my shortcomings. I am more than enough.
I'm so proud of her. I know that takes real bravery to share, but authenticity and vulnerability kind of tear walls down that we build around ourselves and we find out how not alone all of us actually are and all of us have our things, plural. And so MC, thank you for your courage. Um, when MC is not in this room worshiping, it's because she is uh, in kids rock, not babysitting, but leading our kids and speaking over them all the things Jesus says that are true about them because there are so many noisy, noisy voices in this world, so much clamor and noise. And to top it all off, you got the voice of the enemy whispering lies into your ear and then, and then the, the condemnation you kind of put on yourself. And we can be so unkind to ourselves. In Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so she leads and, and speaks that kind of truth by living it out to our kids. Yes, you are amazing. You are special, you are loved, you are smart, you are creative, you are remarkable. The grace of God has got you. He so loves you. He's crazy about you. You're not an accident. You're, you're here on purpose. There is a plan for your life. You matter. You know all the truth that we're in here in the adult room still trying to believe is true about us. So I think the hardest thing about Christianity is just trying to actually believe that news this good can be, can be true for you. Because it is, I'm telling you, because of Easter, it is. Because of Easter, no mistake is too great. And because of Easter, you're never too far gone. Because of Easter, you're not shocking God. And because of Easter, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He made no mistakes when he made you. You are a living, walking, and breathing miracle. Because of Easter, Jesus is who he said he is, and you are who he says you are. And then number four, because of Easter, God is just getting started. God is just getting started. So knowing what we know about Sunday, let's go back in time two days to Friday and look at Jesus' final moments on the cross. Here we go, John 19, three verses. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled. By the way, that's referring to 400 plus prophecies made in the Old Testament that Jesus in order is fulfilling. Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there and so they soaked a sponge in it they put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received a drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. So this was a scene that in every possible way looked like a defeat, but was actually the greatest moment of victory that our universe will ever know. That when, when Jesus said, it is finished, he was not talking about himself. He was not talking about his life or his kingdom or his movement or his church. When Jesus said, it is finished, he was referring to death. He was talking about the power of sin. He was talking about this chasm that used to stand between humanity and a, and a holy God that no longer defines us. What was an apparent ending from the vantage point of everybody else was actually the beginning for Jesus, that when Jesus said, it is finished, God was just getting started. This is what Mary and her friends realized at the tomb, Matthew 28, eight. So the women hurried away from the tomb, the empty tomb, afraid and yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. 
hearts. So Mary and her friends ran away from the empty tomb with joy. They had joy. You want to know why? Because they thought the story was over and realized it wasn't. So I'm not sure who I'm talking to right now, but your story is not over. And I feel like you just, you need some permission to get your hopes up again. After a year where you've been trained just to get your hopes down, permission to start dreaming again, permission to start looking forward with some excitement about what's to come. The Bible has another word for that. It calls it faith. Permission to get your hopes up again because what we have to wait for, you guys, God is just getting started. And that will always be, it will always be true because what we're looking forward to is the new heavens and the new earth. And you guys, it's gonna be absolutely amazing. And I know you might be like how I used to be and have a lot of fear around the topic of eternity. So let me just, let me just fix some mis- conceptions you might have. No, it's actually not going to be this ethereal sort of weird heaven with chubby babies playing harps on fluffy clouds. And you and me are like these spiritual orbs that occasionally bump into each other and sing hymns and how great is our God for the next 10 trillion years. I don't mean to be offensive, but that doesn't sound like heaven to me. It sounds like the other place. I grew up as a kid spending most of my life actually afraid of heaven and afraid of eternity. And there's actually a word for that. It's called uranophobia. It's so real, but that's not what we're looking forward to. I'm talking about the new heavens and the new earth. First Corinthians chapter 15 talks about these resurrected bodies we're going to receive. His resurrection is ours as well. I'm talking about a day where there will be no more tears and no more mourning and no more pain and no more viruses and no more headaches and no more cancer and no more sickness and no more worrying about tomorrow and no more no more longing for a different day far off in the future and no more feeling like you need to audition for a place in every room that you're in and no more secretly secretly keeping quiet the parts of your life that make you think you won't be loved by the rest of us no more like no more having to pop pills or 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 take some drinks to escape reality because all you will feel is complete wholeness in every single present moment with the spirit of the living God so real and so tangible all around you and within you with Jesus on the new earth with the new heavens like you think the starry night sky is amazing now you think the ocean and the mountains are amazing now my goodness I am telling you what is waiting for us you cannot even begin to fathom. And do you wanna know what that proves? It proves the best is still yet to come. Even if you're 99, the best is still yet to come because with Easter, we know how the story ends. So face forward, Christian. The only, the only interest God has in your past is redeeming it. And MC is living proof of that. That if your, if your past didn't kill you, if your present didn't kill you, and you're in this room right now because it hasn't, then that means you get to use it. That because of Easter, when Jesus said, it is finished, God was just getting started. Amen. So we're going to worship here in just a few moments. But before we do that, heaven's about to get more crowded right now. So I want to do this. I want to ask everybody, this is a moment just with you and God. So would you just bow your heads and... Let's close our eyes because I want to ask a question. I have to extend the greatest invitation about the goodest news ever. And I know that's grammatically incorrect, but I did it to make a point. I don't know where you're at with God, but I know where he's at with you. I believe he's speaking to you right now. I know that he's currently so loving you 
whether you acknowledge it or not, so loving you with the most extravagant love that exists to the ends of this universe and beyond. Maybe you're in here and you've tried religion before. I'm telling you, he's not here for that. He's here for relationship. And every human being at some point in their lives have to answer the most important question there is. Who is Jesus to you? And I believe for a lot of you, today is your day. This moment is your moment. So if you wanna put your faith in Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, would you just with boldness right now, just raise your hand, just raise your hand with boldness. If you wanna follow Jesus and receive his grace, oh my gosh, I love this. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Do not wait, you can know today. <laughs> okay, you can open your eyes. Oh man, I'm not kidding. Um, this present moment right here might be like the coolest moment of ministry I've ever gotten to be a part of in the last 12 years. Can we make some noise right now for all the eternal destinations that just forever changed? There were hands all over this room. Congratulations, you guys. My goodness, and can we, can we do this? Can we lift up a shout of praise even louder for Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the name above all names. quick public speaking tip. If you happen to be speaking to a lot of people and you get so emotionally moved that you forget the next thing you were gonna say and you happen to be far away from your notes like I am right now, just slowly repeat the last thing you said and walk back to your notes. Slowly repeat the last thing you said and walk back to your notes, amen? Would you guys jump to your feet? We're about to worship. That's, the, that's it, that was the next thing. Worship, just says worship, okay. <laughs> We're about to celebrate heaven getting more crowded today. We're about to celebrate Easter. I wanna read one final verse. Here it is, verse nine from Matthew 28. Then Jesus met them, stopping them in their tracks. And he says two words to them, good morning. That's all he said, and they fall to their knees, they embrace his feet, and they start worshiping him. So I wanna just feel this moment, because I believe on this Easter Sunday, Jesus is here, not dead, but here. And he's got two words to say to us right now, good morning. And that's all he has to say for us to, to lift our hands and surrender and fall to our knees in gratitude and just begin to worship because this was the moment they realized that death was never gonna hold him and that he is alive, living and breathing and in this place right now, speaking and healing. And so Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your victory on that cross that when you said it was finished, God was just getting started. Thank you that because of Easter, no mistake is ever too great, that we are never too far gone, that you are not shocked by our imperfections, that you offer us the great exchange in your righteousness. Thank you, God, that we're not just saved, but that we're called and that you have a plan and purpose on all of our lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you are telling the truth. Thank you that you are who you say you are, that you do not deny yourself and you are telling the truth about who we are as well. And thank you, God, that 
you are just getting started in all of our lives. We love you so much and we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.